the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dear friends in Christ, you need to call customer service. So you tap in the phone number and you wait. And then there's a voice. Thank you for waiting. Your call is very important to us. And you hear those words and you know that those words are not from a human. They're from a computer. Often the computer's voice will tell you how long your wait is expected to be even. The waiting is the hardest part. Those are words that Tom Petty sang in a hit song called The Waiting when he sang with the Heartbreakers back in 1981. Back then it was certainly true that waiting was hard. Imagine, for example, waiting in the waiting room of your doctor's office back in the 80s when there's no smartphone and all you have are some outdated magazines to look through. You would have had no contact with the outside world at that time beyond that antiseptic, boring room until you were finally called back to the examination room where you would wait some more probably without any magazines. No wonder they would always call us patients. Today, we have multiple communication types of options and entertainment options right at our fingertips to keep us occupied while we wait. But even despite that technology, waiting is still hard. We wait at airports, in security lines and boarding lines. We wait in waiting rooms, we wait in traffic, we wait at the post office even more during this season and at shopping malls, we wait at the bank, and we even wait for a human when we're calling customer service. We wait and our patience runs thin. A little planning, though, can help make that time of waiting more productive and perhaps even fun. For example, here's a list of things someone came up with, probably while he or she was waiting to to mail a Christmas package at the post office. And these ideas can help endure your wait time while perhaps you're, you're boarding a flight from Chicago to go visit a relative someplace else. First, strike up a conversation with a stranger. Learn their story. Or, if you've got those computers and phones, work through your unread emails. Nobody likes to do this, but it's a great way to burn up an hour or even three. Make that appointment with your dentist or some other medical types that you dread but you need to see. And that'll make the current waiting seem less painful in comparison. If you can find an outlet, charge up your device batteries. Even better... Share your charger with someone else. It's a great conversation starter. Ask whoever's next to you what their favorite band or podcast is and give it a listen right then if you've got that capability. 
Flip through your phone's photo gallery and delete pictures you don't need. Or if you have that ability to Skype your parents, children, or grandparents and catch up with them. These are some great things to do if you've got a couple hours to kill. But what if the time of waiting is going to be longer? Like maybe a couple of thousand years. That's the dilemma that the early church had faced after Jesus' ascension into heaven. He had promised to return, and many in the church believed that that return was going to be imminent very soon. And as time had passed on, and as persecution of Christians had even grown, the waiting became the hardest part of the church. In fact, there were people who were questioning whether Jesus would return at all. And that's what situation Peter addresses here. The second letter, which is a follow-up to his first letter that bears his name also, this one reads more like a theological instruction manual more than a typical letter, and for good reason. In the first letter, Peter encourages the church, which is being pressured by external forces, while here in the second letter, he addresses the problems that are arising from internal forces and sources. Namely, false prophets and teachers who were skeptical about Jesus' return. And their teaching had encouraged loosened type of ethical and moral behavior. And the letter reminds the church that Jesus will indeed return, as he's promised, to execute both justice and also to abolish evil. And to usher in that new creation of the new world. And that the way that these people are to conduct themselves as they wait for his return, it's going to have implications for eternity. And Peter understands that the waiting is the hardest part. And what seems to be a slow waiting period for Christ's return is actually a gift from God. The Lord is not slow or tardy but rather extends his own patience and allows time for people to come to repentance. Peter says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. Elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. In the interim, even if it's a long interim, well, Peter asks, What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. He says that a new heaven and a new earth are coming in which righteousness dwells. If that's the case, well then, what should we be doing while we wait? Well, the short answer for Peter is that those who follow Christ should begin living the righteous life of the future new creation as if it has already come. There will be a period of waiting, but it won't be a passive one like Jesus' disciples at his ascension where they're just standing there staring into the sky waiting for him to return. Instead, Peter says that there are certain things that we should strive to do during this interim period. If we look closely at the message of 2 Peter as a whole, we would discover a list of at least five things that we can and must do while we are waiting for that second advent to appear. First, remember the promise of the first advent. Peter opens his letter 
by reminding his readers of the faith that they have received their faith through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's a powerful witness to Christ's incarnation. Jesus is both God and Savior. And Peter and the other disciples, they were witnesses to that incarnation of God in Christ. And they remembered the voice of God at his transfiguration. And as Peter records it also, when God says, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And as we celebrate Advent, it's a chance for us to celebrate again that God has come to us in the person of Christ. And in doing so, God has really confirmed the truthfulness of all of his promises to us. The Lord for whom we wait for is always true to his word. Secondly, grow in the image of Christ. When Jesus returns, Peter urges his readers to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. In fact, this is the way that we were meant to be from the beginning when we were created in the image of God. And we became subject to corruption or imperfection, we know, because of sin. But because of what Christ has done for us in his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, we can once again become people who participate in the divine nature. So Peter urges us to make every effort to support our faith in Christ through acting out these virtues of goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. Focusing on these attributes will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of who Christ is. That's what Peter means by living lives of holiness and godliness. Lives that look more and more like Jesus himself. Third, dig deep into the scriptures. Peter and the other disciples, they had seen all of the promises of the scriptures being confirmed in Jesus when he came. And he encourages his readers to also dig deep into those scriptures and be attentive to them as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. When we read the scriptures, we recognize that the message about Jesus wasn't a human intervention, but it came through people who spoke from God. They spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. God had directed all of their words that are written in this book. Daily reading of the scriptures and also reading the scriptures in community as we do as a church. It keeps us from sliding into interpretations that suit ourselves and our own desires. And it guards against false prophets and their destructive heresies. In a world when everyone is ready to overload their phones with information and opinions. Scripture is what calls us back. It calls us back to the truth of God revealed by those who were inspired by the Holy Spirit. We must always be prepared 
We need to compare the words of others to the word of God. And as Peter puts it, I want you to recall the words that were spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. When we engage in the scriptures, we strengthen our memory of God's word. And we more consistently live out that word in our lives each and every day. Fourth, pay attention to what it is that masters you. In chapter 2, Peter criticizes those false teachers for promising freedom while being slaves of corruption themselves. And he makes a profound statement there. He says, people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. People are slaves to whatever has mastered them. As we move through the Advent season, that's a great question to ponder. What is it that masters us? To what have we become a slave? Is it money, work, power, or something else? As Bob Dylan once sang in a gospel song, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Who are you serving? Fifth, use your time wisely. Peter urges his readers to bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. It's in this interim period that we live that we wait for the return of Jesus. We have the opportunity to use this time that God has given us to share our faith with others. Peter, like the Apostle Paul, you know, he spent every waking moment to share the good news about Jesus with anyone he met. And they both, and other apostles too, they did it with a sense of urgency in anticipation of Christ's coming whenever he would come. And according to Peter, Paul's writings may have been hard to understand and were vulnerable to being twisted by ignorant and even dishonest people. But Paul's words were nonetheless powerful because they were designed to impact others with the good news of the gospel. Disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, even today, we recognize that God has given us time to spread the word about Jesus, and we need to use that time wisely. Those conversations that we might have with people in the waiting room or on the plane, they're opportunities to have spiritual conversations as the Spirit leads us. As Peter says in his first letter, Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone, anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that is in you. The waiting may be the hardest part for us as Christians, but it's also the most important because God has given us the tools and the time to bring his good news to the world in anticipation of that second advent. So let's wait. But let's wait well. For Jesus' sake. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is your Lord and Savior. Amen. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.